yet another finally episode of the Agile Weekly podcast. I'm Jade Meskill. I'm Clayton Langozigich. And I'm Derek Neighbors. It's been been a while, um, and a lot has changed. Um, a lot. In, in, in a number of ways. And I, I think uh, earlier today, we were kind of having a conversation uh, around, you know, man, the state of Agile is just in a world of hurt. Like, uh, being an Agile coach right now has to be the biggest suck, right? That's kind of, I, I think, a quick little comment that happened uh, so I don't know, maybe, maybe let's talk about what's, what's the state, like, what's the state of Agile? Like, how do you, how do you think about Agile right now today? I, I think it's very safe. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. So I had been doing a bunch of interviews for like developers and stuff, and I hadn't really thought about the state of the community or really been following it much. And, and now all these interviews, everyone was talking about how they had agile experience and they would describe something that was like, well, you know, the scrum master would, um, take, take the stories, uh, from the, you know, project manager and put them in the sprints. And then in two, we would do the work and then, and two weeks later, then we'd have the testing sprint. And, uh, and you know, like they were just describing that kind of thing. And Scrummer fall. Maybe the first like the best. Yeah. Like the first two or three times I was like, Oh, that really sucks for those guys. And then it happened, you know, 20 times in a row. And I was thinking, geez, like did, I mean, I know it always kind of sucked, but is it this bad now for everybody? And so I was really kind of surprised. And I think I started maybe looking into it a bit more and getting back into some of the things on the community. And like, I was honestly shocked that people like no estimates is still a thing. Like that still has steam. I was totally surprised by that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it just seems crappy. Yeah. For, for me, there's so many things. Like it's, it, my rant started a, a week or so ago. I got an email and it says like, hey, your you know CSP certification is expired. Go go renew it, and you require these CEUs or something along those lines. It's like okay, fine, whatever. Let me go take a look at this. Like, and I I poke around for 45 minutes and can't find out how to resubmit for an approval or do anything with CEUs because the Scrum Alliance website is that fucking bad. And I'm like, these are the leaders in like the foray of moving uh, the software industry forward and you mean changing the world yes, of work change the world where i'm like this is so horrible but i was like i'm totally <laughs> willing to forgive that like i understand it's like a marketing play for them and it's you know they don't really have kind of top software engineers working on this stuff right whatever right so i'm okay and, and so then i start to really look at it and i look at these oh you require 40 ceus right i'm like okay so i go and look at like what constitutes a ceu and it's like you can go to one of their conferences and you know eight hours a day of the conference counts is like a point each and you can go to uh like a user group you can do all these and i'm sitting here thinking like you know how fucked up is this you know i've been doing this for 10 years i've been certified you know and another thing i helped write some of the csp application i've spoken a number of these things and it's like i'm having to go do 40 ceus to go sit through shit that is shit that is like not even quality like so i have to go to a user group and listen to somebody talk about you know, some draconian, you know, PMP procedure in order to get a CEU to say that I'm still qualified to know something about Scrum. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what What does a Mike Cohn or a Ron Jeffries feel about having to go get 40 CE fucking use to maintain a CSP if they want a CSP? Now, I realize that they're not and they don't care. The, but but it's like this, like, and I, I think Clayton, you had said it, well, too little, too late, right? Like, you know, hey, we're trying to make sure that people know what they're talking about. It's like, well, you know, now it's so far gone. It's it's just like this joke, right? And so 
you know, to me, it's like Agile has just become like the laughing stock joke of a thing. And when I when I talk to people who are doing this in, in bigger companies and in places where normally you would you would go to coach, it, it, it's like they really just want like a drone army, right? It's like, well, you know, yeah, our implementation is so cool. We got everybody like in the whole ten thousand person company, they're all on the exact same sprint cycle, and then it's it's really awesome because they all release on the same day. Like all this shit that is so non agile, it's like. How is that agile? You have 10,000 people doing the exact same thing and forced to do all of this stuff. How the how on earth is that considered agile at like a team empowerment level? Because it's agile at scale. That's different than <sighs> agile for a team. Well, so like I remember kind of over the last, you know, whatever, 10 years or something, right? Of things at conferences or new ideas, whatever. As I was learning them, I was like, oh, okay, this is some new stuff. And it... And, it seemed like innovation, so to speak, in the community, whether it's new ideas or people were trying new things. And I think with, you know, in software and just in general, everything that's new is, you know, everything old is new again kind of thing. Um, but I kind of, I don't know what is out there now that is new or who's doing anything new. I think people are trying to, like, squeeze some. Hello? So I think people are... They're trying to just squeeze out some little efficiency here or there. And, you know, I, I think that most people seem to have adopted some form of scrum. But I think if you go look at, like, Ron Jeffrey's Twitter feed, I don't know how he has the time for this. But he just is constantly asking people, like, well, have you ever actually done what we wrote in the book? Or have you ever actually done this? You know, the thing we said we, you know, we talked about. And, but I think it's like this institutionalized, like, shit version of Agile. And everyone's trying to just do some little tweak here or there or just kind of go with the flow. It's very, it seems kind of status quo. And to be fair, I haven't gone to an Agile conference in, I don't know, a year, uh, maybe more than that. So, yeah, and it would, I don't know. It's like weird, weird to me because early on, you know, a decade ago, there, like most of the talk was like excited about like, hey, this is really cool stuff. And how do we get teams to start using this? Right. So it was kind of like just like raw adoption. Like, how could I, how could I get somebody on my team to be interested in this thing, right? And and then you kind of saw it evolve to like, hey, this is really cool. There are like entire teams doing this kind of thing. And now that's changing the way management looks and works. And that's changing how organizations think and work. And there was like this kind of cool excitement around like, okay, how do you how do you deal with that? Like you have a boss that's supportive and wants the team to be like this, but now how do you work in the context of the team and these, these new kind of things and some technical excellence side. And like now it's just like so crap that even the top companies that used to be innovating, like just have their head down and are like, yeah, we know this is like total shitty agile and like, we don't agree with any of it, but like, what are you going to do? It's the only way you can put food on the table. It's the only thing the like enterprise will pay for. And it's like, I, it just like everybody I see in the industry is either like a raging pissed off is either not like quitting, quitting and not doing anything with agile, or they're just hanging their head and saying like, dude, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, this is what I do for a living. and I got to eat. Yeah. So really it's the institutionalization of agile that, that is a problem, right? The manifesto hasn't changed. The core values and principles haven't changed at all. It's the the industry that has been built up around it that is now having a negative impact on Agile itself, right? The philosophy. And I think that's happened with many other uh, process improvement movements in the past, right? The too many business consultants get involved. Too many uh, people are trying to make a buck off of the thing instead of allowing it to take its natural course. 
Yeah, I, I mentioned to you guys uh, earlier in the week that I've been um, reading Ron Jeffrey's new book, The Nature of Software Development, and I, I really like the way that he describes all the stuff in there that was all very familiar to me as things that I think used to have certain labels on it, but it's all very kind of genericized, but still gets, I think, the core point across. And I thought that was kind of a great uh, way to, like, it, it was kind of a shining light of maybe you could reboot some of the stuff that's old that was all the good stuff, um, because it's not couched in those terms that I think people have turn, institutionalized and yeah. turned into bad things. Um, you know, so that was kind of an interesting thing. I don't know what kind of traction that's going to get, because I don't think you can, you, like Derek's getting at, you can't, you know, sell certifications or necessarily make a buck off of those kind of things. You know, they're just free and open ideas. Well, I mean, like, I, I find it really interesting. I, I've been involved in two other communities that kind of have run this cycle. And, and, and you know, there's probably psychology or sociology out there that kind of proves this out in um, one was a free software foundation, right? So yep. in, in the, the late 90s, um, free software foundation, Linux were really up and coming. And you just had like this, this sense of revolution, right? And the people that were there were raw and were passionate and were like angst ridden and pushing hard against every norm, every status quo, and, and really completely changed the world of software licensing and copyright as it relates to software, I mean, there's there's no denying that that happened, right? But it's like you could see this crescendo happen, and then once it happened, it started to be all these commercialization of like open, like every you know Apache Foundation does their license, you know everybody does their own damn license, but it's an open license, and then all of a sudden the community just like drops away, and all the passion's gone, and all the people that were like participating and moving it forward, like just disappeared. Well, what I think what happened with them is they got to a point where they won. The, yeah. the, 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 and they learned so much that they didn't need all. They didn't need the structure of the Free Software Foundation to do what they wanted to do anymore. And so they kind of left that community and just still operated. I also saw this with the Ruby or the Ruby on Rails community, right? This is a community that fought really hard for testing, really hard for MVC, really hard for like changing how web applications are written and done and, and, and challenged everything that kind of the Java group was kind of doing, right? And threw in the face and, and picked up so much stuff from the pragmatic programmer, so much stuff from Uncle Bob, right? And really like pushed these up and you, you saw this bubble up and it was just like you could see the same kind of fight and passion and revolutionary kind of thing. And then it's like one once Rails kind of won, and when I say it won, not necessarily it won, but those ideas won, everybody just kind of dissipated and is kind of doing their own thing because they don't need the Rails community anymore to do it. They have, like, the confidence to do it themselves. And I, I kind of wonder if that Agile movement has kind of done the same thing, where you kind of had this crescendo where it's like, you know, we're going to change the world of work, we're going to do all this. And then you once you proved to yourself you can do it, it's like, well, I don't need to I don't I don't need to be part of that community to prove that that works anymore. I can go work for this little company over here and do that and be totally happy and get the results I want and like not have to put up with that bullshit anymore. And so, I wonder if that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that happens to all revolutions. Yeah. The the revolutionaries have to become the caretakers, right? But uh, what happens to those ideals and those ideas over time, right? The the problem with that is they start to decay as right as you baseline, right? right? As you, as you start to just get used to those, you forget why those were so important and, right. and how, how do we, how do we either prevent that from happening or, uh, start building up the next new thing that will build on top of those ideas? Um, for me, I think it's a matter of, 
I think kind of just being able to uh, maybe re- reiterate some of the core ideas without using some of the buzzwords or whatever you the want to call it, the loaded term. stuff. Because yeah. um, I think that's an easy way to derail that stuff. But, you know, maybe getting back to the manifesto and just kind of thinking in those terms. Um, I think there's probably, like, I've, I've really liked uh, uh, Bob, Bob Marshall's, you know, he's like the right, right thinking, shi- right, right shifting. shifting. I've always liked his stuff, and I think there's a lot of things I've been thinking about in this context uh, that he's written about. And, you know, there's probably more to be said for, like, the long game of, of really acknowledging that you, you know, you can't necessarily change people or force people to do things, which I think was one of the tactics of the kind of agile adoption industry for, you know, a few years, and if it isn't still, you know, but I think people are realizing that maybe that doesn't work quite as well as, uh, as they had hoped. Um, and so I think those are some of the things that, you know, I think maybe change the way that the people who are maybe the core of it or appreciate the, the core of the roots, um, they can kind of carry forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to me it's like what are the new revolutions, right? And so I, I think, you know, one of the things of being able to move fast and like bring a little touch of humanity back to team and back to work, I think you're now starting to see like culture and organizational design be a little bit more of the... Um, you know, bastion to, to go against from a standpoint of, you know, whether it be holocracy and like we were just talking about Zappos saying like, hey, you know what, if, if you're not in, if you're not into this and you're not part of this revolution that we're going through as a company, we'll give you a severance package to leave because like this is where we're going, right? And, and so like you're starting to see some militant lines around, um, I think if you look at like Ev Williams, what they're doing at Medium, right, there's a number of, and it's not just holacracy, right? I mean, it's just, I think people are starting to challenge what does a, a company look like, right? Not, not necessarily software development, but what does a company look like? I think that that is now kind of one of the, the wars or revolutions that is starting to happen. And, and where you're going to really see it is when you see big companies restructure themselves to try to emulate these things that are kind of being done. So I think that's a big part of it. And then I think a lot's being done in the way of, I don't want to say architecture, that's not quite the the right word, but I I think you're trying, you're starting to see uh, people challenge like design of interoperability between systems, right? So, I mean, in the same way we, we, we kind of went from model view controller and let's redo the web, you know, you have the internet of things coming, you have like a lot of things where it's like stuff needs to be able to talk to each other really, really easy. It's like the Amazon, everything's an API, like to a right. factor of 10, right? Like, yep. I think that revolution is really starting to take off. Yeah. And I think that will have a, it will necessitate a uh, change in the way that software is built and companies are organized, right? right? To, to react and respond to that yeah, what is new it? world. Conway's law or one of the, one of those that, you know, the, the system is, you know, models, you know, how it, how the how communication flows, how communication yeah. flows, right? Like we are going to see a massive change in how communication between systems happen and organizations are going to have to change in order to do that. And I think a big part of that is I think what we currently think of these big monolithic organizations are now going to be like, you don't know where you won't know where Cisco starts and uh, Juniper networks begins because there will be overlap, but the way they need to be able to communicate vice versa. Right. right? All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Come chat with us on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think about uh, the current state of agile. Talk to you next time. If there's something you'd like to hear in a future episode, head over to integramtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. 
Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Enneagram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out enneagramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.